Welcome to Political Coffee, your one-hour thought-provoking news and commentary as you begin your day. And now, here's your host, Jeff Croft. And good morning, everybody. Great to be with you this morning. It is Tuesday. It is Political Coffee Clatch Day. We got lots to talk about, not only in the show today, but this evening. We joined tonight at the Political Coffee Clatch, which is at Miller's Barbecue tonight. For those of you who don't know where that is, in the email alert I sent out last night, I included the map, how to get there. It's I-5 and Portland Road. It's really easy to get to. Just follow the map instructions. It is the old State Farm building. That's that big brick building, which the state of Oregon now leases. Since we're creating this monster state government they lease everything and buy everything around anyway miller's barbecue is inside of it we're going to be there from six till eight o'clock officially as you know we do on political coffee clutch night now there's lots to talk about we're going to get right into it um the house u.s house rules committee voted eight to four to impeach Mayorkas, well, to move an impeachment vote to the House floor for committing high crimes and misdemeanors. And this comes as we learn more about this U.S. Senate Open Borders Asylum Bill. And we learn more about the Republican rhino senator, supposed Christian from Oklahoma, Senator James Lankford. They're doing a little research into this man's past, and it turns out that in 2010, he gave a deposition in a lawsuit case against a Baptist church camp that he oversaw. And in that deposition, this guy, this U.S. Senator said in 2010, in that deposition, that a 13-year-old child can consent to sex. What do you think about that? You think 13-year-old children should be consenting to sex in our culture? This is the guy who's trying to convince us that the border will now be secure. I mean, isn't that what we're hearing on the left? Isn't that what Biden's saying? With a bill that does virtually nothing for the border. Also, there is a powerful and a monumental voter integrity ruling that happened in the first Circuit Court of Appeals. And it may impact us in Oregon in a number of ways. The First Circuit Court of Appeals ruled that the voter rolls are public records and election officials cannot hide them from us. Oh, 
you know, like Oregon lawmakers are trying to do and have been doing with the passage of a number of election integrity bills, supposedly, that aren't election integrity bills. This has to do with a Maine Voter Registration Act of 1993. Public Interest Legal Foundation, and this is a landmark case, folks, and the reason it's considered to be a landmark case is because it has implications by what the justices wrote, implications all across the country. There's another story, by the way, and Senator um, Linthicum, I believe, is joining us here at the bottom of the hour, as he normally does. 503-589-1220 is that power of Buick GMC talk line. 503-589-1220. Emails to jeff at 1220.am or jeff at kslm.news. HJR 201. This is an Oregon Catalyst story, and... Jason Williams of the Taxpayer Association of Oregon sent out an alert through Oregon Catalyst. HJR 201 is a constitutional amendment being proposed that would create Oregon's first ever statewide property tax. Property tax. It goes around... Measure 5's rate limit in 1992, and Measure 50's assessment limit. It goes around them. So the state of Oregon would establish a new tax on your private property. And there's no limit to how high it can go. Now, this has to be a constitutional amendment. It would leave in place Measure 5, and measure 50 for cities and counties. But it creates a new property tax that the big spending politicians in Salem, including a few Republicans who, you know, get bought off from time to time, Senator Canope, Senator Findlay. Yeah, you guys. Senator David Brock-Smith. Senator Anderson in retiring. Well, Finley is retiring. So also is Senator Hansel out of Pendleton. They're the ones that caved and provided quorum for House Bill 2002. You know the bill that still allows 10-year-olds to have abortions without parental consent? The bill that allowed the bad gun bill, House Bill 2005? Yeah, those guys. I wonder... How many of them could get bought off to create a new statewide property tax? Now, there's a good bill that Republicans are trying to pass, and Kim Thatcher is a part of it. And we'll talk with Senator Linthicum about that both today and tonight. There's a whole list of bad bills and some good bills that have come out. In fact, there's a really good bill that we're going to talk with Representative Ed Deal about tomorrow. He's going to join us. It's a great bill that he's sponsoring and the Democrats hate it. And it's a really good bill. But there's this bill that Kim Thatcher is doing. I, I digress a little bit. That is a bill that does what? Provides property tax exemption for senior citizens. In light of this bill that the Democrats want to do, 
which would have to be voted on us by the people because it amends the Constitution. Legislature cannot amend the Constitution. Only we, the people, can. So this is a Senate joint referral. means the House would have to pass it, too. And it avoids a governor's signature, goes right to the ballot. And we, the people, would have to decide, hey, do we want a new statewide property tax? There's a lot of bad things about this. It throws seniors and disabled people out of their homes because they can't afford it anymore. It makes Oregon's affordable housing crisis even more unaffordable. It would make Oregon one of the highest property tax states in, a, in the country. It makes housing unaffordable for younger first-time home buyers. Why? Because the property taxes are so much higher. And it encourages endless taxation since SJR 201 removes constitutional limits and protections for this statewide new property tax. Now, it keeps them in place for counties and for cities and your school districts and your local fire district and everybody else. So you wonder what kind of a battle does this set up between counties, the cities, and every other taxing district that is subject to Measure 5, Measure 50 limitations. Will they pose it? Or will they get bought off? You know, through the League of Oregon Cities or the Association of Oregon Counties. Or the Oregon School Boards Association. Or just go on and on and on. What do you think about a new statewide property tax? Oh, and also, there's a story today, and then I'm going to get to the phones, 503-589-1220 is that Power Buick GMC talk line. There's a, a fish wrap Oregon Live story that Oregon spent $29 million to house asylum seekers. Then it shut down the program. Hmm. Now, what you have, as you read this story, it says the state of Oregon quietly launched and then abandoned a $29 million initiative to provide hotel accommodations, food, and housing for immigrants seeking asylum. Ending the program on December 31st. And with no clear plan how to help families who arrive in the future. Folks, let's just stop here for a moment. And then I'm going to go to the phones. What you need to understand is that your tax dollars are being spent in Oregon to do this thing today. Even though they've shut this program down because they let the cat out of the bag in this fourth paragraph. Let me read this to you. They're still doing it, folks. They're just doing it differently, using your tax dollars. Despite high demand, state officials said the legislature shut down the Welcome Center and, listen, and are paying to move families to rental apartments. Oopties. So, yeah, they may have shut down a $29 million program that apparently had extremely high costs to it. 
Because they were renting hotel rooms, folks. But now we're paying for apartments, which is a lower cost alternative. How much are we paying for apartments? Hmm. Well, Tina Kotek put forward the option to the legislature in April for a $79 million plan to keep the Welcome Center open for four more years, while the second would have spent $41 million to pay a nonprofit to operate a smaller hotel in Gresham. Neither of them passed. So while the focus is on the $29 million, the key is two things. Oregon officials in the story say they don't know how many asylum seekers arrive here every year. Folks, what you need to know that the Biden administration has made it easy for everyone crossing the southern border to seek asylum, to claim they are asylums. This is why these people give themselves up most of the time, unless they're the drug runners, unless they're the criminals and the terrorists and all those Chinese men. By the way, did you know that China now, Chinese men are the largest group crossing the southern border? Did you see that story? Hang on, I'll get to the phones. Promise you on the other side this break. 503-589-1220 is the power of Buick GMC talk line. Folks, they're lying to you. Once again. Jeff now at 503-589-1220. That's 503-589-1220. Let's return now to more of Political Coffee with Jeff Krupp. 22 minutes past the top of the hour. We're going to go to the phones. 503-589-1220 is that power of Buick GMC talk line. Emails to Jeff at 1220.am or Jeff at kslm.news. Tim, thanks for sending me the email alerting me to the Oregon spent $29 million to house asylum seekers. And in this article, we find more interesting information. The state is moving these people from hotels into apartments. You wonder why all of these apartments are being built in Oregon, just about everywhere? Guess who's paying for the residents to move into those apartments? You are. Did you know that? You probably didn't. The state of Oregon is. They're paying the rent for six months. And then in that six months, well, if somebody can't find work and that six months is up, what do you want to bet during this legislative session? The do-gooders, you know, those warm-hearted liberals, Marxists, who are flooding this country with illegal aliens when we could just literally shut down the border and stop it tomorrow and stop this problem in Oregon. What do you want to bet those do-gooders are going to introduce legislation to keep funding these 
illegal aliens seeking asylum. Hmm. What do you want to bet? Beyond the first six months of an apartment. Oh, and did I mention they get all this other stuff? Gift cards, cell phones, food stamps. Hmm. Hey, do you get all that stuff? I don't know. We're going to ask Art, and then we're going to ask Super Dave. Art, go. Well, I don't get all that stuff, Jeff. Well, how? come Art. Come on. Don't you deserve it? Well, I work hard for my money. That's for darn sure. Uh, But it seems like the Democrats, now they want to raise our property taxes. Yeah, they want to create a new property tax, Art, that you and I get to pay. Well, here's my point, Jeff. Senior citizens work hard all their lives, and then they retire on a fixed income. We we want low property taxes because we don't want to see our senior citizens eating dog food, which has happened in the past, because they got to pay these dang property taxes on their property, which they worked real hard all their lives to get. It's obviously unjust. And any senior citizen that supports these yahoos, uh, well, anyways, they deserve what they get. But not me, man. I can't afford more property taxes. Um, I'm lucky enough that, you know, I still have a spouse. We got two incomes. But if that one of us die, then that cuts our income in half. Yeah, it would, right? And how do we live, Jeff? How do we live? Democrats don't care. They want more and more money from you for something you worked hard to get and be proud of. Well, let, let me answer that wrong. question for you because I got to move on, brother, because I got even another caller here. But let me answer the question. How are you going to live? Well, they're going to offer you money to subsidize you so you're dependent on government so you can deal with the high costs of living that they have rammed down your throat. That's what they're going to do. The question is, where do they get that money? Got to run, Art. Thank you so much. Got to move to Super Dave. Super Dave, you're up. Hey, Jeff. What I want to know is when is some... some, I get feedback in my headset. Uh, when is somebody going to have the backbone to ask the Democrats, how is our immigration system broken exactly? I want specifics. All you ever hear from them is, well, the system is broken. That's why we can't get anything done. I want specifics because I can guarantee you it's going to be, it's not going to be, that there's, it's too convoluted or that it uh, has conflicting laws in it. No, it's, it, we want to change the immigration system to benefit the Democrat Party. So you ask a really good question. And, and Dave, I'm going to let you, you go because I, I need to move to this other caller. Understand. In just a well, have a great day. But just understand this. No one wants to really articulate how the system is broken. And it's pretty simple. 
The system wasn't broken under Trump. He shut the border down effectively. And if Trump could do it under existing law, then Joe Biden could do it today. What's broken in the immigration system is Joe Biden. That's what's broken. It's leadership or lack of or purposeful misdirected policy that opens the border. That's what we're seeing. Let's go to our, our new caller. New caller, who are you and what's on your mind about this issue? Well, it's not, it's not about the issue. It is about something that took place Saturday that uh, we were leaving Spirit Mountain around 7 o'clock in the evening. And as we got on to 22, there was uh, about seven police cars that were headed west. And we watched and watched and watched about the, you know, the news, and nothing has come on. Does anybody know anything about what happened? We didn't see ambulances. We didn't see, uh, you know, fire trucks, anything else. Just those seven, that lights on, sirens on. Well... Fair question. Got to let you go because we're at the bottom of the hour break. Because if any of you know anything about what she just asked, send me an email or call. Thank you. I haven't heard about it, and I didn't see anything in the news about it. Fair enough. It's bottom of the hour, folks. Back with State Senator Dennis Linthicum in a moment. Call Jeff now at 503-589-1220. That's 503-589-1220. Let's return now to more of Political Coffee with Jeff Krupp. Yes, in a moment, we are going to chat with State Senator Dennis Linthicum, who joins us as he always does on Tuesdays. Got to remind you, friends, that, yeah, did you notice how cold it turned? It got really cold outside, didn't it? Hmm. Wonder how that happened. It's winter! That means, of course, that your heating and cooling system uh, just is not keeping you comfortable. Maybe you ought to think about calling Freedom Heating and Air and have them come out and fix it. So you are comfortable. Not hard to do. You just pick up the phone and call 503-580-1456-580. 1456. That's how simple it is. Check out their website, freedomheatingandair.net, freedomheatingandair.net. State Senator Dennis Linthicum joins us. Senator, welcome. And the legislature kicked off last or yesterday. What happened? Uh, Well, yesterday was just show and tell, uh, pretending to um, be the glory of the state and elected officials who care about the people. But the the problem we face is really deep-rooted socialism. And so, probably most of your listeners don't recognize that socialism isn't just about, uh, you know, social control and providing benefits. Socialism is much more devious than that because it aims directly at converting or um, uh yeah, conversion's a good word. Converting or destroying's maybe a better word. Destroying the current social order 
that is based on private property. So that's why you see this tax bill coming up because it's one of the methods, you know, it's a taxing is a comprehensive, remember the, the power to tax is the power to destroy. There's a quote right from a Supreme Court case. Um, The power to tax is the power to destroy. And everybody recognizes it, that if I, if I if I were to tax as was promoted earlier, you on the value of the farmland which you inherited through many generations or anybody's, uh, it could be a little donut shop that was your dad's and now you're right. running the donut shop. And I was to tax you on the new inflated price and the new inflated, uh, you know, revenue that your little donut shop is pulling in on a daily basis. You couldn't afford it. You couldn't afford to pay a new property tax. You couldn't afford. So all of a sudden you have to what sell your business to somebody else. Can they afford it? Not in any economical sense. Maybe they could get a grant and then they could afford the monthly payment. So an illegal might be able to afford it and run it, but you can't. And then what you realize is that that money stream, that revenue stream, that grant stream is, was a one-time gimmick here. We're going to put you in this apartment complex for six months. Well, what happens at month seven? At month seven, you didn't solve the problem. At month seven, you didn't get them a job. At month seven, they're not productive individuals in the social order. At month seven, they just turn around and check right back in. And so you never solve the problem. And that's this minuscule number in terms of the millions that have been distributed or hundreds of thousands that are being distributed throughout the 50 states, especially to the sanctuary states. These states are getting saddled with and only a handful of people are starting to realize that, wait, this system can't go on. The train from uh, Ecuador up to uh, the United States of America is a train of individuals that is un- unstoppable. There's a few videos out where you watch these, you know, caravans, gigantic caravans. And then by the time they walk through the border, when we see them come through the border, their jeans aren't dirty, their tennis shoes are still white, their t-shirts are nice, and it's like, well, where did they get all this clothes if they've been marching up the entire coast or central uh, portion of Mexico? They've been on their feet for all these days, and and they get get here to the U.S., and they're still looking pretty fine. What is going on? Where's the money come from? How are they affording this? And all of these questions uh, are will never be answered by the Democrats, but it's easy enough to see the cartel and foreign governments are investing in the roadway north to get these people into America. Well, not only is the cartel doing it, but we, the taxpayers, are paying for it. That was that Center for Immigration Studies uh, report that showed that hundreds of millions of dollars of our tax dollars are being given, passed through third-party religious organizations, Catholics, Lutherans, Hebrew, Jewish, Seventh-day Adventists, to help these people in their journey through South America, Central America, 
and cross our border. We are paying for these clean T-shirts, for those cell phones with the app that allows them, and, and they give them instructions. How do you come to the border, turn yourself in, and apply for asylum? We right. are paying right. for all of that. We are. And that's what's so yeah. angering about this story today, too, about how Oregon spent $29 million for this program to put illegal asylum seekers in hotels and then quietly shut it down. I wonder why. Right. We Well, the, the revolutionary zeal we see in uh, the academia and the left-leaning mainstream media with regard to transgender little boys can become little girls if they just would ask with a pretty please you know, the, these kinds of things have been, you know, bubbling beneath the surface and now they've popped through. And now that they've popped through, we've got a mess on our hands and we have to figure out how to deal with it. The same with the illegal immigration for your entire life and my entire life, illegal, illegal immigration has been out there. We've known about it. We're aware of it. We, I, I have enjoyed working alongside um, transient workers, uh, migrant workers from Mexico my entire life. And, um, and now, now all of a sudden, it's no longer the little family who wants to come across and send money back to their other members in Mexico. Now, be, because of that money flow towards uh, Central America, the, the, there's a big uh, draw because the United States is the most profitable nation on the planet, the most productive nation on the planet, and used to be the most just and forthright nation on the planet. And so that's a big draw. Everybody would like to come here. And so can you really successfully just open the gates and let 7 billion people in because we're the best? the better option would be to be preaching free market uh, capitalism to all those nations instead of waving the flags for their silly ideas with regard to the destructive nature of socialism. Why aren't we propagating uh, private property and property rights and rights that build up the character of an individual, which are property rights? Um, without that, without private property, and that's why we see this, um, you know, rampage spilling from the socialists, the fear mongers, the disinformation, the media giants are trying to make it sound like these people are being tormented by their governments. Wait, I thought the U.S. was the worst place on the planet, and it <laughs> turns out. Yeah, right. It, it, and so, you know, the the conversion of the social order that is based on private property is the single most important thing we can do is to propagate that our convert convert those nations who have a socialist view, which is a dictator in charge of private property, get private, get private property into the hands of individuals so they can steer their own lives and make their own livings and earn their own way. And they will be as prosperous as anybody on the planet. But as long as their country won't allow that, they'll try and squeak through to a place that used to, but by the time they get here, 
um, we're going to be, you know, on the wrong side of the tracks. Uh, quickly, two things. Uh, are you and Diane able to join us tonight at Political Coffee Clatch? Uh uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't have that on the top of my head. Uh, I'll text you and let you know. I, okay. uh, I, 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 we've got more than this one go. Yeah. Uh, tonight, uh, not, but next week. Yes. Okay. All right. So, um, do you have any idea in total how much the state of Oregon is spending to accommodate illegal aliens that are crossing the Southern border? Yeah, I I have not asked that question, but it would be a great one to ask, wouldn't it? I think it's a necessary one to ask. I think this $29 million is a drop it's in the just the tip. Yeah, it's the tip of the iceberg. Thank you, Senator. As always, we appreciate you spending time with us on Tuesdays. Godspeed today, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Jeff. Bye-bye. Senator Dennis Lithicum. Folks, back in a moment with your phone calls, 503-589-1220. Toby Keith passed away. Say a prayer for his family. Jeff now at 503-589-1220. That's 503-589-1220. Let's return now to more of Political Coffee with Jeff Krupp. Ten minutes till the top of the hour. Yeah, you know, maybe that's a question somebody should ask. How much has Oregon spent and how much are we currently spending on housing, facilitating, taking care of, whatever you want to call it, illegal aliens. And I don't care whether they're asylum seekers or not. How much are we, the taxpayers, spending? In total, with all the agencies. You really think that they're going to give us an answer? Probably not. 503-589-1220 is the power of Buick GMC talk line. Uh, emails to jeff at 1220.am or jeff at kslm.news. Got a great one from Doug, and I'll read it in a moment. Folks, this, um, this ruling, okay, on election integrity that will impact us in Oregon. Listen to me. It's true. The First Circuit Court of Appeals ruled voter rolls are public records and election officials cannot hide them from the public. It is being called a landmark case because what, by principle, it is saying. We have a right to our voter files. This affects us in Oregon and potentially a number of lawsuits. Now, the guy that's pushing this all across the country is Mike Lindell. To say, folks, we're going to win this. It may take us some time, but we're going to win it. In the meantime, we have to keep fighting state by state, county by county, election board by election board all across the country. Mike Lindell's group 
found the voter fraud of hundreds and hundreds of Michigan residents voting more than once. And they found it all over the state. There's a great reason for you to support MyPillow. And you do that by buying products, great products, fantastic products from MyPillow. And you get them at great discounts. If you use our discount code, PC23, so it's really easy. Go to MyPillow.com. Use the promo code PC23. That's political coffee. That's the initials of it. PC23. Doug writes this. 13-year-olds can consent to sex. Senator Langford. He writes, evil flourishes when good men do nothing. America is at its point in history where the Titanic was just after hitting the iceberg. Women and children first to the lifeboats. Cindy McCain, John McCain's wife, admitted sex trafficking runs rampant in government circles. That she and everyone knew what Jeffrey Epstein was doing and everyone looked the other way. Said there was nothing they could do, quote unquote. Our government office holders are groomed to protect the satanic pedophiles as well as narcotic drug traffickers. Men lose their minds in herds and only come back to their senses one by one. Very well said, Doug. Can't argue with you at all. To the phones, we'll start with Kathy and we'll move to Gary. Kathy, good morning. Good morning. Okay, so... I was thinking about these illegals getting put up in apartments. Yes. When back when I was living in apartments, I had to go through the ringer. I mean, I had to go through background checks, references, blah blah blah. And the apartment managers were like little bulldogs at the door. And um they said, we don't want to hear any loud music. We don't want to, you know, have any disruption. And if you do, you're out. So these are these apartment buildings where they're being housed private? Do the apartment yeah. owners yeah. agree to all this? Well, a f fair question, and that's another question that ought to be asked by the legislatures. Who are these apartment and what are the conditions by which the state pays the rent? Maybe it's things like that, which is unfair to everybody else. Kathy, thank you. Got to go on. I got to go to Freddie. Freddie has been hanging on Freddie, and then I'll go to Gary. Freddie, good morning. The apartments are owned by corporations. A lot of uh, corporations own all these apartments, Jeff. And so they're going to be controlled by the government. One of the things that I'm seeing is that these people are not stimulating to American culture, they're bringing their flag. And what I'm getting upset with, with radio stations and car dealers, they're starting to advertise in Spanish. The native language of America is English. Remember that. When they say that they, they can allow to speak in their native language, you say, no, this isn't Mexico or South America. It's the United States, and we speak English. So you speak English. People need to fight that. That's my comment, Jeff. You're absolutely right, 100%. This is part of assimilating into America. The fact that we brought in millions and millions of people, and we are rolling out the red carpet for them in their language and not, not even creating the atmosphere where they want to assimilate, that is a travesty. 
And it's wrong. It's as wrong as you can be. Let's move to um, uh, Gary. Gary, good morning. Hey, Jeff. Uh, go Ducks. Go Beebs. I, I, I kind of feel a little sorry for Cal, Cal Thomas with uh, Trump doing as well as he's doing, considering Trump uh, stands for everything Cal stands for, but he just hates his guts. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I listened to Cal's commentary, and and yeah, it's yeah, it's too bad. It is. You know. Anyway, yep. Uh, you know, I film uh, these uh, events I go to and so forth, and I filmed the one down in uh, Eugene, the the uh, forestry board. And when I was yes. talking, I noticed when I was filming, I was talking, and I was telling them made the statement that the spotted owl is not going to survive. It's going to become extinct whether we want to do anything or not. And the look on the face of the two people that supported uh, the um, shutting down the forest, they looked over at the forestry board people like, help me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they they cannot comprehend it. But the point is we are winning. Not only do we have the facts, but we have the emotion on our side too. And we just have to go headlong into this thing and fight them tooth and nail. But they are starting to question their own lives. And we need to help them on that journey by doing what you did and what others are doing. Making comments, showing up at these meetings, and telling the truth. Well said, Gary. Well, good, good job. Go Beats. Go Ducks. Uh, folks, if you have a problem with government, you should talk to the folks at Pack West Lobby. Now, they're active in the legislative session that started yesterday. This session runs 35 days. I might even try to get one of them to show up at one of our political coffee clatches just to talk about their work and how interesting it is and how we can sometimes help them persuade politicians to do the right thing. PWLobby.com. Folks, thanks for joining us tonight. Political coffee clatch at Miller's Barbecue at 6 p.m. Oh, so